I dropped things. All right, and we're recording. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to Behind the Usher Station. I am Jonathan. I'm here with Alex and Jerome. Hey, hey, what's up? Yeah. I'm playing with Uno cards. <laughs> Why? That's what Jerome's doing. Fun time. We're happy that you're here with us today. We have a special episode because we don't know what we're going to be talking about. So, <laughs> well, technically, anytime we go in, we kind of never really have. You know what? You have a point there. You technically, have- this is two. This is now the second episode in a row, though, because last one we recorded was your special, where me, at least me and Alex, didn't know what we were talking about. <laughs> That's true. But this one, we have a little jar that I put stickers on because I didn't know what else to do with my stickers. <laughs> We have a jar of things, a jar of topics, um, one of which Alex is going to pull out. We will discuss on the fly. You're going to hear our unfiltered, unscripted opinions on this topic. Mm-hmm. So, not sure if this is the greatest idea then. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's go. Da, 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 da. Most annoying movie you have seen in a while. Werewolves on Wheel. <laughs> Before the podcast, we were all getting each other, and Jerome went on a small rant about werewolves on. Please, it's a it. trash movie. Don't watch it. Maybe you five, five minutes before this podcast started recording, Jerome was ranting about this movie. It's trash. So bad. <laughs> go ahead and describe for the people. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So, Werewolves on Wheels is a um, quote-unquote horror movie about uh, these bikers who uh, accidentally stumble upon a uh, essentially a, a Satanist cult, and uh, they are cursed. And, um, you know, werewolves happen, and then uh, death ensues after that because of werewolves and that's a lame description but this is a lame movie so i feel like it's apropos to um the most annoying thing about it is just the fact of like first of all this is clearly a low budget movie so they don't like they and they want to have a lot of you know spooky scenes at night but the problem is they don't have any lights at night so you can't see what's happening most of the time and every character is a character you don't care about because you don't learn anything about this biker gang beforehand. It's literally the fir- the first 15 minutes goes like this. We have the opening credits as usual of the bikers riding out. And, you know, as with every movie that's about bikers, you see them doing bike tricks, like, you know, standing on the bike, riding without. Is this like motorbikes or is this like motorcycles? Yeah. Choppers. Okay. Yeah. Biker I, was gang. Saying, I was like, I could see them pop, like pop like doing tricks with bicycles. I don't know. Anyway, go on. But uh, you know, so that's how it starts, right? And then there's a little vignette in the opening credits where a car cuts one of them off, and then he gets uh, like he and runs the motorcycle off the road, like for one of them. So the whole gang bum rushes him on the uh, when they have to stop when that car has to stop for gas and beat the crap out of the driver, which that was fun. And I was like, "All right, now you're all right. The movie's getting started. Here we go. We're going. We're going." Beating the crap out of a guy is fun. 
No, I'm saying like, I thought this was going to be an action movie about terrible people who happen to be werewolves and they start wreaking havoc. And I don't know, maybe a sheriff would come into the picture at some point and be like, I got to stop these wolves on wheels. <laughs> and I don't know, it's just something stupid like that. Because it's a B movie made in the 1980s from a company called New World Pictures, who I, I now know their name because I realized all these movies I was watching on Amazon Prime that are all these B movies are all made by this company. <laughs> They're also mainly made in the 80s. I'm just saying, I don't, I'm not a fan of that decade. And so it's just, it's so bad because then they, they just show up, by the way, at the Satanist cult. Like literally, they just, I don't know how they find it. They just stop by on the road and then they, they just step on the grounds and then the cult comes out and they're like, here, eat this bread and drink this wine. And they do. And then, you know, they get drugged, obviously, because why would you take any drink from strangers? And like, especially hooded strangers that surround you in a circle, like a Socratic circle. And then they take the, the like girl of the leader and I guess they want her to be the bride of the devil, which makes no sense because then they just turn her into a werewolf. And then, you know, the leader of the gang also becomes a werewolf because she bites him. But then they also keep having visions in the fire. It's just a nonsensical plot. That's not fun to watch at I all. I will say this. I have actually always wanted to like visit a cult. Why? I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. Dude, have you not Are seen you this sure summer? No, it wouldn't be interesting. <laughs> not that type of cult. Actually, yeah, go on over to Doc Antle's place in Myrtle Beach. There, you've visited I a cult find a, I want to find a cult that has air conditioning, okay? He has air conditioning? In his place, not in, like, the other... I'm sure he's got, you know, the big fan, you know, you know uh, twirling around. Searches, cults with air conditioning. Cults with air conditioning indoor plumbing and showers listen this is how people get killed okay because you see something you go to a visual cult and you're like oh it'll be fine then you see something you weren't supposed to see and now you can't leave who honestly besides me would say oh it'll be fun to visit a cult i'm saying everyone who's been in a horror movie involving a cult midsummer comes to mind (laughs) they weren't going to see a cult they were trying to experience like as soon as I saw all these people dressed in white and the the customs are starting to get after the first dude after that dude jumps off that cliff and kills himself I would have figured out there's no way they're not okay wait I can understand uh understanding I can understand seeing that it's a cult after you know the man spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Midsummer, um after the but it's in the beginning of the movie so after the first dude kills himself but if you just see all the people wearing white you know you don't want to be disrespectful maybe you didn't do all your research on like the religious or spiritual aspects of that culture you wouldn't be disrespectful and be like all oh, these people are wearing white this is a yeah color. i would be suspicious i wouldn't now granted i wouldn't just leave it out right because i don't know what's going on but i would well, be a little bit suspicious the guy like the only black character in that movie by the way he was like actually doing a study on this culture so that's why he wasn't wary of people all dressed in white that's true he was there for a reason however yes i would be more suspicious of everybody wearing white than everybody wearing black um but then again like well if everyone's wearing black then my first question would be who's dead like because y'all all dressed like for a funeral and if no one's dead then i'd be suspicious Which me and my whole family well me and my mom and my sister always are dressing in black there's no funeral. We just like the color. Color that black is flattering. 
Yeah, they do say black. It's a, it's a flattering color. It is flattering color. What about you, Jonathan? Any movies you wish you hadn't watched lately? Yes. Um, well, I'm guessing we can't talk about Fantasy Island because we already did that podcast. But leave <laughs> it alone. It's done nothing to you. Oh, see, you let it. Did you let it simmer? Did you let it stew so you could come no, over to my side? <laughs> no. The further I get away from it, I feel like <laughs> further you get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> the longer it is between when I watched it and now, I feel like it's not as bad as after I like first saw it. Um, it gets worse to me. I and I remember it wasn't. It wasn't like like the most terrible thing I had ever seen, but it was not the best. Oh, no, oh. no. It's not the worst thing ever. I, I mean, I still think the movie's trash, but there are some movies that are worse than Fantasy Island. At least Fantasy Island is competently shot. I can at least give it that. Like, they, had, they had an end game. They're, they had a good beginning. Their middle didn't make sense, but they had an end game in plan, and that was for Tattoo. So they, there was a, a goal. Mm-hmm. So you wish you had never watched Fantasy Island then? No. Um, the movie that I wish I had never watched, and this was from a while ago, but it was uh, First Man. It was the movie about oh. Neil Armstrong's mission to the moon, the moon landing. Um, it starred Ryan Gosling. I don't mind uh, First Man. I it's a little slow, it. but I don't mind it. it it's, uh, it's not my favorite like space movie. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. Not for the traditional, you know this is like terrible, everything about it is trash reasons, just because it was so incredibly boring. Like everything about the movie was boring. Before I went into a movie called First Man about the moon landing, I thought I was gonna see some action. I thought I was gonna see, you know, them gearing up for the space mission. I thought I was gonna see some good like, historical like inside scoops about oh neil armstrong actually cheated on his wife no, or something like that i'm rest in peace neil armstrong but like <laughs> something like interesting i thought i was gonna get something out of it but i got nothing out of it except some extra sleep so i in my opinion first man is not that great of a movie also ryan gosling's facial expressions um in the movie were very blank. Like I like Ryan Gosling as an actor, but for this movie, he didn't do it. His facial expression was blank the entire time. He showed no emotion. And maybe that's who Neil Armstrong was, but you gotta bring something else to it. You gotta convey like, oh, he has he shows no emotion, but it's for this reason. He shows no emotion, but he has an underlying emotion underneath. Something. I need something to grasp. On. I thought he did be only because like you, I will admit it is a little, very dry it's very stoic uh his facial expression for most of the movie but then there's like I felt like there's a method to the madness because the the ending scene spoilers for first man I guess um but uh the ending scene is uh because uh he loses his daughter in the movie Neil Armstrong's daughter died while he was like getting prepared to go on this mission and uh you know just becoming an astronaut and so when he he uh throughout the movie he consistently has um i think like some like something she made i can't remember if it's like a butterfly or if it's like some type of thing but he he has it with him and i don't know if this happened in real life but it was a mo- it almost made me tear up a little bit is that uh cuz he fi- once he finally gets to the moon he is the first time we see 
emotion from him. He cries and he lets go of his uh, daughter's little butterfly on the moon. Almost like, he, uh, you know, it's like he's like more or less as close as he can get to heaven and he still misses his daughter. And so I, I thought of it as like he was stoic up until that point because he's holding in all this emotion and pain and in the most quietest place he can get to, which is space, where there's no sound at all, he's like, it all comes out. In a subtle way, I'm, I will mind you. Like, it's not like he like, you know, does the Viola Davis snot bubble, you know, and then just yeah. the, 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 the tears start flowing, he's bawling. <laughs> like, none of that. <laughs> none of that's happening. That but, was an image. But, you know, I mean, he's, but he's, he's, Still, I thought it was good. It worked for me. Now, granted, I still agree, though. The movie is real slow. It is some dry material. Like, you don't the first man expecting action because there's none to be found until, like, those last couple of seconds of them. Well, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, the moon landing was exciting when you got to the moon, but everything else had to be really fun because this was the first mission to ever go to the moon. I mean, you couldn't really have fun. Plus, and the, well, well, there was that one scene where, you know, they're training and you know how astronauts have to go through the thing that whips you around and you go in circles and you're just sitting in it, the, I forget what it's called, but. Zero G, not zero G, um, terminal velocity training, I think. They is have that crap like that amusement person. Uh-huh, exactly. And they, um, he's going through that and still his expression on his face is like, he's whipping like, like, circles and his expression on his face is just to be fair i mean that's, that's what astronauts have to be though exactly and that was like to set because i know like the scene was like, like the like, person before him like threw up or something and freaked out on that machine and then he went and then he was just stoic like he could it was to set the stage like he was prepared for it he he could handle it had no fear exactly so that's why he was perfect for the mission exactly but it just didn't flow with me. <laughs> I feel like that kind of, I understand like it's supposed to be more stuff, but like you also can't help that when you're feeling that force, you end up making a face. Right. I mean, they're, they're not going to kick you out for making a face, puking, freaking out. Yeah. But I see what you mean. There are certain situations where you don't end up having such a stoic, like I have a very neutral face. Um, and I understand this, but there are some moments I, what I do, I'm like, I can't control that my face makes expressions. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alex, what about you? Do you have, oh, I'm sorry, Jonathan, were you, were you done? Are oh, you no, done? I was just going to say uh, at the end of this or like after we get through ours, I want to counteract mine with a good movie that I've seen recently because there is one of those. <laughs> so Alex, you can go ahead. Freddy versus Jason. I rewatched that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is now. Hi. This will now be what the third podcast we've brought up. Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> Soft, I regret it. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I'm like, man, we gotta, we gotta do like a full on review at some point of Freddy versus Jason. Whoa, we could do <laughs> like, like why, all of- what's silly about it and what's crazy about because I don't remember everything. I just remember some of the stuff. Well, Freddy versus Jason actually starts off with Freddy trying to wake up Jason, and everybody in the town where. Freddy Krueger was, has forgotten him. They realize it's one of those, don't say his name, don't speak it. He disappears from memory and everything. So he's trying to figure out a way to come back. And it's really weird because pretty much the whole town, all the adults, just killed everybody who knew about Freddy last. 
stop saying his name because he was really only attacking teenagers in their sleep. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he... It, it was, like, a weird beginning, like, trying to... And, like, a bunch of kids are in a mental institution where they're trying to create a drug to not have you dream. It was just confusing. And it was very shaky camera work. Like, things kept just whipping from one thing to another. And I know they were trying to, like, while Freddy's doing his monologue, they whipped a Jason suddenly just stabbing somebody. And it was very, very, very campy. Yeah. And a lot of the times, I don't understand what they're, like, gay... Because, like, I'll give it to, to the teens in this movie. They figured it out pretty quick. The cops weren't going to help. The adults weren't going to help. They're like, okay, we're on our own. We got to figure out how to kill this guy. Yeah, but they're all super weird caricatures, though, too. Because, like, Kelly Rowland, for example, is your stereotypical black girl who's just, like, you know, who says stuff like, girl, you need to get you a man, or, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, you know, Kelly Rowland, you you deserve better than this. (laughs) And and after, like, they keep trying to have, like, her friend sleep with some guy, like, the main character. And she's like, oh, no, I'm still in love with this one guy. I haven't seen him in, like, over six years he disappeared without a trace yeah he was taken to mental but so the guy just like ghosts you and oh yeah you haven't spoken to him since you were guys were like what in middle school now you're almost a senior in high school that's a little weird to be holding i mean college. hey if we can believe it in it chapter two when that ben has not had a single woman in his life that he's loved more no, than bev have- who he met in middle school and then she <laughs> moved away and he's never seen her since then for like 23 something years well, we they went through a traumatic experience together that doesn't That's mean true. anything this guy does. Traumatic experiences bond people with each other. Tell me he couldn't have met any other girl that's gone through a traumatic experience. Not with a killer clown like that, no. Unless it was, like, in 2000. Stop by a mental institution. I'm sure you'll find plenty of women that could tell you plenty of stories about killer clowns. But yeah, real ones. institutions like, are you visiting? I'm just saying. Who's dressing up as a killer 23 years, not a one. You ain't, you ain't met one other woman that's like, you know what? He I never he never said that. It could, he, they never really rushed into his relationships or anything. I'm just saying, like, her, her justification of being like, oh, I haven't seen this guy in six years, and, but they're still, like, kids makes more sense to me than a grown man still being like, oh, I remember that 12-year-old girl I used to and have. Like, and like, and he grew to his looks, too. Right, change race. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not have that discussion. He went from like, he went to like my ethnicity. He went from like pale, pasty to like, yeah. I mean, there are some Spanish people that are pale and pasty because of um, colonization. But, like, it really doesn't go from, I was really white, to suddenly I turned brown. It kind of goes the other way. Like, I used to be really, really dark as a child, but my skin tone has lightened. Because I also don't like to go outside too much. <laughs> but my mom was born white. She stayed white. <laughs> she gets a little tanner in the sun, but she'll burn before she tans sometimes. But Freddy vs. Um, Jason is, um, you know... It's a I, terrible movie. It makes no sense. They're, like in the town and then they're like we have to go to like crystal lake which makes it me think because they're like it's only a few hours away so that means crystal lake and what is the town for the cougars uh elm like well it's 
but yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure what is this issue? Uh, Springwood and Crystal Lake means they're very close together. Are right next to each other now, yeah. <laughs> so much so that they were able to drug Jason and keep him sedated. They had enough drugs to keep Jason sedated to get him back to Crystal Lake. Uh, Jason Sudeikis. Alex, you mentioned um, like campiness in movies. Uh, well, like you mentioned how this movie, the campiness didn't work. Um, what do you think about what do you think about campiness in movies overall? Because one movie that I think it worked in uh, is Ma. Oh, I finally watched Ma. Did you watch Ma? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Did you go with this to no, that? No, it was Jasmine that went with. No, it. I got sick or I was too tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up not being able to. I think I got sick. And I was not able to go. I remember it was. I remember it was at least you, me, and Jasmine. But I, I couldn't remember remember if Alex was there. Mm. But you did watch it. I have watched my. We were laughing at that movie so hard in the theater. Were you laughing when you were watching it? I was more so weirded out. I was like, kind of like, what the hell? Okay, okay. I think that movie played up the campiness, though. I think it did in certain parts, especially when, like, Ma is parting with the teens and stuff. They got really campy. And she does the robot, though? Yeah. (laughs) And the the clothes she wears. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. And I think it's, like, that end of the movie, too, where nobody realized she had a child. Like, they've all lived in that same... Another thing I don't... Well, no one sees her. She stays in the house all the time. No, 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 no. But that's the thing is that nobody has left a small town except for like one person, right? So how do they not know she's mm-hmm. working at the vet's office? How do they not know she is not pregnant as a... Because nine months, that's a long time to grow a baby belly. And like, you've never taken your dog to the vet once. The guy has a dog. Everybody in the small towns has a dog. I had a dog when I lived in a small town. Well, and she's like, like, is she, like, also, I mean, we don't know how long she's had that vet job. So she could have had other jobs before she was a vet. But we're, I just want to know, like, you're in a, t- that's not really what I understand with tiny town movies. You, nobody's leaving, so why don't you remember that they're there? Also, yeah, the, none, of the, none of them are friends with her. So it's just like, it's just, it's no different than there are people that, like, I've, went to school with and when i go home in south carolina and i didn't grow up in a small town but i still you know we we all went to like uh you know the people who went to i went to high school with we all lived in the same area so we always saw each other like all the time we would go to like the mall and stuff like that because it was like a 10 minute drive away and stuff so we'd see each other all the time as kids and now as adults it's like the ones who i wasn't friends with when and vice versa they don't know who I am. They don't know I went to their high school, nor do they care. They're like, to them, I'm just a random stranger that's working at this place. I was barely in high school, so nobody actually remembered. Everybody thought I was somebody else, actually. And so people didn't actually know who I was. I came in and out like a ghost. <laughs> like four people knew the real me. That was it. Um, going back to the campy real quick, Jonathan. Uh, hairspray is kind of campy. Hairspray. The movies. The movies. The movies. One of my, literally, that's one of my favorite movie musicals. 
the musical, the movie, you have to admit, especially the one, the newest one with like Zac Efron and um, Amanda Bynes. That Is one. there any other one? I thought there's only the one. There was a, there's no, a musical. There's the original, right? Mm-hmm. The, the first Hairspray was a movie in the 80s starring Ricky Lake. That's where she got first got her um, recognition from. And it wasn't a musical. It was just a, like a, a, a straight movie. Yeah, he played the dad. Um, do you know who John Waters is? The director? Guy? I've heard yeah. that name before. I just don't know what he's he doing. Yeah, he's known for his like weird style of movies. Um, but yeah, it's it's the same movie just without music, basically. I was surprised at that because I, I have never seen the original one. I've only seen the newer one, and it doesn't seem like it can work too well without music. It seems like one of those movies that are like it's very it's very campy. There's a scene where, um, and it's from the '80s, so it's even more so. So (laughs) there's a scene where um, you know the the villain, the mom and the daughter, the two blondes. Yeah. Um, The daughter, she's like stressing out about a zit. And the mom like pops the zit, and you see the popped zit. Oh like, my god! <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> that that Osmosis Jones, huh? That zit scene in Osmosis Jones. Um, yeah, I loved watching those stuff on like John Waters directed or helped direct Alvin and the Chipmunks, and I don't know if I like that. Um, <laughs> weird. That's a, oh you want to talk about annoying movies that that whole franchise is just like I would say the first one is the better one and most of the time though it's stuff like that that normally is the case because the first one is like them trying and then the sequels are just like them trying to cash in as many checks as they can until like the the well runs dry but Alvin and the Chipmunks um, the whole franchise is just a series of just bad movies <laughs> that are, are not so much bad because the script is like that bad. I mean, cause most of them are meant for kids. Um, but it's more just that like, you feel like it, it, for me, it's a thing of like, it's the same movie just with different circumstances. Like movie one is the chipmunks learn how to be a family and Alvin learns how not to be so selfish. And then the second movie is, the chipmunks learn how to be a family and Alvin learns not to be so selfish. And it's like, but the twist is there's also girl chipmunks too. And it's like, was there ever an explanation to why the Alvin and the chipmunks exist? Um, I don't think it's just some Chernobyl exist, But I mean, it was a cartoon, you know, just I think, out. you know what I think my theory is, I think that they just, cause Alvin and the chipmunks is from like what the 60s, 70s whatever um i want to say 70s so i think that they were just playing around with like the vocal effects they discovered that you can make that high-pitched voice and they were like hmm you know what this sounds like this sounds like a chipmunk let's make an entire cartoon franchise out of this actually we were way off they started in 1958 (laughs) wow 58 okay jonathan said 1960s right Yes, it's 60s or 70s. Yeah, it's a couple years off. Okay, well, yeah. Also, yeah, so, uh, Jonathan, you might be right. Essentially, 
it says here, at least uh, from this first thing off Wikipedia, it says, Alvin and the Chipmunks, originally David Seville and the Chipmunks, or simply the Chipmunks, are an American vir- animated virtual band created by Ross Bagdasarian Sr. for a novelty record in 1958. So I think probably what happened is they were playing around with the vocal, like uh, with vocal tracks, and realized they could make a chipmunk, like, or what, you know, in their head sounded like a chipmunk. They probably got a cartoonist to draw the band and then made like the, the album. And then that album spun into the cartoons and those cartoons spun into the movies and so on and so forth, you know, for mm-hmm. the whole franchise. Because that, because it first started with just the original three, then the chipettes came in the picture mm-hmm. and that changed things up a bit. And then like a whole bunch of other stuff after that. Wow. You know what other movie I just thought of while we're talking about cartoon movies? Yes, Scooby Doo. <laughs> no, I no, shut up. Any listen, slander. I love Scooby Doo. That movie, I I, when I say annoying, I don't mean that the movie itself is bad. I mean annoying that all of the the gang is so attractive. Like I understand Fred and Daphne because that that's their thing is that they're both supposed to be like handsome and pretty. But Velma and Shaggy too. Like what? Like why is Velma so hot? But it doesn't make no sense. And you only know that because in she the had se- a glue up in the uh-huh. second. There's that one scene in the that, second yeah. where she has the leather on. Uh-huh. She has the leather suit on and whatever. I'm like, why is Velma this thick? What? <laughs> why? That was an adult. Just had to walk away. <laughs> I was saying a podcast where you just kept saying the word thick. There was the cat's one. Were- Oh, yeah. oh, you called cats thick? No, you called cats thick, and I was agreeing with you <laughs> that it was Something weird that they made him that creepy. thick. Speaking of which, no. earlier before okay. we recording this podcast, you're talking about this fever conversation. Wait. Yeah, uh, all right, we'll get there later. <laughs> I was just going to say, they've made Taylor Swift's bust in cats a lot bigger than her natural bust. I don't know what that's about. That, was, that felt like it was unfair <laughs> to do that. So thing. you know how big Taylor Swift's bust is, huh? No, but I, I'm I'm just taking a wild guess. I'm just assuming Are that. You, her, that her, really? Because you seem that assured. I'm I'm taking a wild guess because I'm just like as skinny as Taylor Swift is, ain't no way. It's not possible. <laughs> anyway, back to Scooby Doo. But no, that's that's my annoying thing. It's not so much that the movie's bad. The movies are fine. They're they're a little campy in parts. So but you're they're just fine. upset that there's pretty people in there. They're you just too pretty. It's the reason I can't watch CW shows. I don't want to watch pretty people do pretty things. <laughs> like, I want to see real people. I do like watching uh, pretty white people with problems. Scooby-Doo was like my first experience of a cartoon being adapted into live action, besides the Flintstones. And back then, I don't know why, but it just meant so much to me to see these characters that I had only seen in cartoon form become like real life and see what they would look like in real life so i think that's why it has nostalgia like in my heart like anytime they release one of those cartoons nowadays where it's like the live action version i'm like whatever this can kick rocks but like back in the day when you had the flintstones when you had um uh scooby-doo when you had i don't know what else there is what is there i mean it it's a catch twenty two because even Scooby Doo and Flintstones are nostalgic and Adam's Family. Adam's Family I think is the best one. Adam's Family commits really well to the. Well, that wasn't material. a cartoon. That was an old show cartoon. That's true. Well, I mean, it now was a car- it's a cartoon again. 
No, no, no. It was it was originally a comic strip. Then the comic strip became a cartoon. Then the show came from. No, the, the show came before the cartoon. Was the show before the cartoon? Yeah, it was a comic strip. Yeah. The show, because the show was back in like the nineteen twenties, thirties. And then you know, then they had the the. I cartoon. thought it was in like the seventies. It was before. It was before color TV. Oh yeah, well, that's right. The color TV is not as uh, as recent as we think as we want to think it is. Like oh, nineteen sixty four. Yeah, uh, like it. It took a minute. Color TV took a uh, was re- fairly recent, is what I meant to say. For, color TV was fairly recent in our history compared to like how long they had black and white. <laughs> it even when color TV was out. Rich people had color TV. Most people still had black and white. Because mm-hmm. well, I just I remember my mom talking about she used to watch it, and I'm like, ooh, my mom ain't that old. <laughs> well, the only reason I remember it mainly being on black and white is um, because they like to show, like, pictures of what the Adam family... Of the set? Yeah, and it was yes. quite pink because that was the only thing that looked uh, more mimicking black. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, uh, I, uh, I think Adam's family does it the best uh, as the old movies, but Flintstones is still, like... It's like Scooby Doo and Flintstones. They like wanted to. They wanted to do the cartoon, but they didn't want to like. They didn't want to have it just be the cartoon. They also wanted to like modernize it, and do something cool. Because like the plot of the first Flintstones movie is like Fred's trying to get this promotion, and they have like a TV and stuff, and it's like made of rock, and it's like this is the Flintstones. They don't have TV. <laughs> they don't, they get the like you know what I mean stuff like that, but it's like. And uh, the plot of the first Scooby-Doo movie isn't that the gang just goes out and solves a mystery. The plot of the first Scooby-Doo movie is they all break up. And it's like, man, we got to get the band back together again. And also with these, uh, you know, very poppy pop music from the 2000s. And also Daphne knows Kung Fu. And then, and, uh, was it? No problem at all. Like people learn stuff to him. I'm just was saying, it Ruben, like, was it Ruben know. stuttered in like the end credit scene? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say this about like Scooby Doo. I I kind of like the breakup at the beginning because it go, it breaks. It's almost like a breakup. Like we're no longer kids. We're breaking up. You know, kind of thing. And then when they all join back, they have had such these like personality and skill developments that you're like, oh, okay. It's like they're finally back in my age range. Mm-hmm. Me, I feel like way. they only did that because they couldn't get teenagers to play these parts. They never because, hired teenagers because you couldn't believe that any of those people, especially I forget his name, but the dude's play. I think I think it was Freddie Prince Jr., but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. The dude Freddy who Prince. plays Fred definitely looks like a grown man. There's no way you're gonna be like, oh no, he's in high school. <laughs> so so I think they had to do that because they're like they have to be adults. Like if we're gonna cast adults, they can't be kids. Well, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Mich- Michelle Geller, who plays Daphne, they're married now. Well, they've been married for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got married off Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. It was, when, I, I, when I first saw them get married, when it was announced, I think Freddie Prince Jr. went on like Howard Stern. And he's like, oh, in 10 years, you're going to be divorced. And Freddie Prince Jr. is like, no, we're not. Like, we don't have some fantasy marriage. We're very realistic. He's like, oh, you know, in 10 years, come back and pay me blah, 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 because I'm going to be right. And it's like been 15 years, I think, now. And like, wow. they're so cool. So it's like, our turn's a dick. Um, speaking of 
live action adaptations. Did you guys hear about the Rugrats live action adaptation that they're going to be doing? I feel like you've mentioned it to me. I probably yeah, have. you've you've mentioned it. <laughs> so they announced um, maybe like eight nine months ago that they're going to be rebooting Rugrats. No, maybe even like like six months ago, they're going to be rebooting Rugrats for a series, an animated series. So just like how it was. And then also they're doing a live action movie with CGI characters. So what people are assuming is that the babies are going to be CGI, but everything else is going to be live action. I uh, think it'll be the reverse. That did not work with Sonic. And it's going to come back to fucking haunt people. They need to pick CGI, but they need to pick live action. That's it. Because every time they make CGI and live action, it just doesn't look okay. Well, because no, Sonic blends. The new Sonic. I just, I watched it. Yeah, after they had to rewrite it. But even the- before that, like, even, even before that, even if they went with the original model, it wasn't that the character model didn't blend with the real world. The problem was that the character model looked terrible. So it's like, it's distracting. That freaks me out. But once they fixed it, like the CG meshes with the real world pretty well. I I think with Sonic, they have to, like, they have to kind of make him CGI because it's like a mythical, he's like a- Right, okay, so yeah, I get that. But But I'm talking about like Rugrats. Right, they're babies. Baby. Or when they CGI'd Henry? Henry Carville's face made him look like a shark in Justice League. Oh, you mean Henry Cavill? Cavill. Um, he didn't look no. that bad. It no. looked like they plastered something. Like you on can see his, his upper face. lip looked a little weird, and I think that's the part where they touched up at. No, but down at his chin like looked this. weird too. Yeah, like his like... chin got like three times sharper. Mm. Yeah. Um. Are we at the portion of the show where I can talk about something great that I've watched? This is supposed to be annoying movies that annoy us, but yes. <laughs> Why not? Again, we have no plan. We have to pretend to pick it out and be like, look, movie you enjoyed the most right now. We have to counteract, you know, the annoyance. Um, but this isn't the movie that I'm going to talk about, but I just want to give a shout out to Ad Astra because I talked about, um, you know, a bad space movie that I watched, but a good space movie that I watched was Ad, Ad Astra. Some people would argue that the Ad Astra has the same problem as his first man. I liked Ad Astra, but I've heard, I've heard some reviews that that's their issue with Ad Astra too, is that Brad Pitt's boring through the whole movie. <laughs> I thought he was good in it. I thought he was super good in it. And I thought the story was a lot better and there was more action and it was just entertaining overall. Uh, yeah, but the, what were we gonna say, Alex? I don't like Brad Pitt, Pitt's face. You with people's faces, like you gotta- <laughs> There's like a, no, 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 there's a thing for me. If I look at your face and I just don't like it, I don't like you. Okay, uh, yeah, I have to look to, at you and I have to talk to you like it's, if I want to, I'm thinking the entire time, I'm going to punch your face. Not you personally, if there was somehow I could remove both, but that's called killing, and I'm not allowed to do that. I'm a fan of Brad Pitt. Brad, if you're watching this, you're doing great work. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're all in quarantine, so who knows? He might he get could, bored. He could be going down that rabbit hole of, like, Googling your own name, uh-huh. put it in the hashtags, or, like, He's literally watch. He's watching everything through YouTube, like everybody else. 
You know what? Before we get back to Ad Astra, uh, I was on TikTok and I was going through what is my For You page mm-hmm. and I re- literally reached the end of it. Wow. They're, they, they had, they're like, we have no more videos for you. We don't, we don't know what you want anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they ran out of my taste, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's people hurting, it's like people falling down and pets. Like, how can you run out of those two things? <laughs> but anyway, Ad Astra. Um, well, Ad Astra, it's a great movie. Uh, but the movie that I was going to talk about, which I watched last week, I think, is Onward on Disney Plus because you can watch it on Disney Plus now. Is that no? That's Homebound. Yes, Homebound is. Uh, yeah, that's a different. Uh, Onwards with the troll-looking things. No. Yeah, the two the elf, elf brothers mm-hmm. who are on a mission to have one final day with their dad. It's it's really good. Um, starring um Chris Pratt, Tom Holland, Octavia Spencer, and um I can't remember her name, but she's a good actress. Um. And they are, uh, they play elf brothers. Their dad died when they were young. They conjure up a spell to bring him back for one day, but they only bring like the bottom half of him back. And so they're trying to um, go find the um, the jewel so that they can get the rest of him back. And it's like, an, it's like a buddy adventure movie. And you're just going through, through all these places with them. And it's really fun. And it's a really fun time. I really recommend it. I just want to know what's up with Disney and its parent issues. Because that's, I, I understand what's going on and I completely understand it's a brotherly journey and they're moving forward and they're trying to work with each other and fun. But it's like half your father came back. That's dramatic. No, no, no. It's not like his entrails are flopping out of his body or whatever. It's like no, magic. It's, it's weirder. That means it's weirder because now there's this weird fleshy layer on top. Plus, they you put little, a little pile thing. No, it's not flesh. It's literally, it's almost like a bottomless hole, to be quite it's honest. Like magic. It's, yeah, like it's like magic. It's like magic. It's not like... I'm, I'm, I'm like sorry. I'm body. sorry. Are you trying to make just a fleshy cover less creepy than a pair of legs walking around with a bottomless hole in it <laughs> instead of an upper body? You're hey, trying as long as you're not stepping into his legs, you're fine. They do. They put. They they do put. Like Jerome was saying, they like weekend at Bernie's him kind of. So they put like this, um, like this sweatshirt, and they stuff it, and they put like a hoodie on to make it seem like he's like got know, a top hat. From the fact that you just told me he got a sweatshirt, does he show up naked without pants? Or no, he has pants. Like, I don't know. I'm asking a question. No, no, I'm, I'm answering you. I'm saying yes. he has he has pants and shoes and a belt and all that. You just seemed really defensive there for a second. <laughs> I'm just saying because I because sometimes they do that and they make the jokes like "Ooh, cover yourself" or like covering the part. But I was just like, "Well, it's only half a human." I mean, that's just it. <laughs> no, he has uh, he has every pants and stuff, and because uh, it's like a magical spell that they use to bring him back, and it starts from the legs up, and so it's going up. And he, yeah, and it, it uh, they lose their grip on the magic wand, and the gem that's already in it breaks as it gets to his waist, which is why he's then like just legs. Mm-hmm. You know what's a good movie that people what? should rewatch or watch again? Um, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Ooh. Which one? With Ben and Fraser. Oh, okay. I've actually never seen the original. 
Oh, I was gonna say there's the like they, they tried to rock. reboot it with no, the that's rock. A race with, that's, that's a race with with what? Which mountain? No, Rock did another journey to the center of the earth too. Oh no, you're talking. Of, it wasn't journey to the center of the earth. It was um. Race to which mountain? No, no, no. That's a completely different thing. Oh, it, where they go? It's the twenty twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I think is the one they were looking at. Um, him. It's actually Josh Hutchins who plays the like young character. After Brendan Fraser left, The Rock came as like a stepdad, and he's trying to look for his grandfather. So the, both movies are based off uh, Jules Verne's books, who I absolutely love. And actually, let's see, Jason, yeah, the 2008 one, yeah, with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, and The Rock. Was... He was in. <laughs> oh, he was in the one with Vanessa Hudgens, right? Excuse me. Mm-mm. Yes, Vanessa Hudgens. It, Vanessa Hutchins was in there. She played the daughter of somebody. Yeah, Journey to the Mysterious Island, and that's yeah, and that's The Rock, Josh Hutchinson again, and Vanessa Hutchins. Yeah. See, this proves I've seen the meme online where it's like a clip from uh, Jumanji, Rampage, Journey from the cent- Journey to the Center of the Earth, and Race to Which Mountain, and it's a it, it's just a picture of The Rock in all four of those movies. You can't tell that those are four different movies because they look like the exact same. I mean, yeah. all, all of them. Yeah, exactly. Like a, you know, like a empty area a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And he's in these same like. Clothing. He always gets down to a tank top. No, he yeah. never wears a tank top. He wears a shirt. He always wears a really tight shirt. Like one of those button downs with, 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 with the rolled up sleeves like, mm-hmm. and with the boots and everything. Fuck smells good. <laughs> it's, starting, it's topical. It's starting to center of the earth. I'm rereading it. Because speaking of cults, not cults, um, there are people who believe Jules Verne was, was telling the truth because he's done so many predictions in his books, so people are like, oh, this is probably real. And honestly, I'm rereading it, and some of the things are like, well, the temperatures were correct in this year, and that was even before his time. And like, it's one of those things where you kind of just look for stuff. The book just really originally belonged to some person named Gary Vanessa. <laughs> uh, to get back on track just a little bit, uh, a mov- movies that also annoy me are, um, uh, any movie, well, almost, almost any movie that's made off of it, based off a of video game. I only have two on my list that I actually enjoy, and that's Detective like Pikachu Doom. and Mortal Kombat. I like those two. Okay, De- Detective Pikachu was a, just adorable. I even built a little Lego version of him, but he fell and did. Um, <laughs> those are my two that Mortal Kombat is can't be no. fun. And uh, the first one, not the second one. The second one's garbage. The first one, though, is like campy and fun and is more or less the, the concept of the game. It, it, they take a few Wait, minutes. No, 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 no. Mortal Kombat should not have been campy. It is campy. It's literally you fight to the death until somebody says, kill him. Yeah, but you were talking about a time where they're trying to also sell this to kids and get a PG-13 rating. So, no, no one's going to die. <laughs> not really. You know Dude. what? Oh, sorry. Doom, the video game Doom, sorry. Um, that is one of the movies I like. And it stars The Rock. It's bad. It's terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. It's so bad. You know what piece of um, video game cinema is amazing? Hmm. 
the Black Mirror episode Striking Vipers. That's not even, that doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't I count. Mean, Striking Vipers. We're I mean, bringing it back evil. to our first ever podcast. Technically, oh yeah. Uh, technically, it does count due to the fact that it's mimicking Mortal Kombat. It's not. It's it based is. off Street Fighter. And then, like, it's a completely different fighting game. <laughs> anyway. Nice but that doesn't back. count. Striking Vipers isn't real. That doesn't <laughs> count at all. <laughs> it's no different than you can't count Scott Pilgrim as an anime movie. Because <laughs> there was never an anime. It's based off of a, a book that was kind of like a manga, but not really. But it's still fun. I love that movie. It's my favorite movie of all time. I love Did it. you guys ever really? watch Hold on, yeah. hold on. I'm sorry, John. Wait, I thought your favorite movie of all time was La La Land. No, that was one of my favorite Oscar movies. I like, I like, that's my favorite Oscar movie. But my favorite movie of all time is Scott Pilgrim. Another reason, sorry, that was another reason why I was disappointed. That was, that was another reason why I was disappointed with, um, what's the movie First Man? Because it was directed by Damien Chazelle and I really like La La Land. And he disappointed me with, um, I like First Man. First Man. I don't love it. And I do, I do uh, understand people's qualms with it, but I still like it. I think it's. I just did not watch it. I should give it a try because I do love, I do love um space movies. Anything to do and fun. I recently watched the movie Life. That is actually a good movie with Ryan Gosling. Not Ryan Gosling. Sorry, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. I remember when we had that I, at the theater. Yeah, I, I kept meaning to see it. Yeah, it was only there everybody for thought it was going to be a Venom prequel for a long time. Because they just had an alien on the lake with them. The way it was really dramatic. I well, the way the alien was, was moved and acted, people thought it was Venom, but he just was like but, like, but it was like a Venom prequel as in like, this is what Venom did just before he landed on the planet and then fused to Spider-Man or whatever. And uh, spoilers for life. If you, you should just know, any movie that we're going to talk about, we're going to spoil it. So um, Yeah, we don't have good filters. Yeah, but... Um, I really It's more like we just talk about old stuff. So it's like at this point you have to you either seen it or you haven't. I know, right? We're not talking about anything that was released within the past year. So um I really like that movie because it was unexpected. Like um the fact that Ryan Reynolds was in it and he died within like the first 20 minutes was really like cool for me because I'm like, oh, so you know, anybody could die. It doesn't matter if you like got a big name star for this project, anybody's vulnerable. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to be the last to survive. Well, that's like every movie, though. Especially when they have an ensemble usually, cast. You expect some of them to die. Usually, like, you know they like to keep their, like, the big stars for the end. Depending on the movie. Mm-hmm. Or, but I will say, yeah. I mean, they did technically leave Jake Gyllenhaal. Because Jake Gyllenhaal is bigger than Ryan Reynolds. Or no. there's the, yeah, or there's the big star. Well, that's debatable now, I think. But anyway. I never liked Jake Gyllenhaal, um, and I've explained that to you, Jonathan. It's because he looks like he needs a shower, and he takes baths only. You said that about Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus does look like that. He looks like he has a layer of... Like, I'm just saying. I'm starting to hear some... Re- he I'm starting to, to hear some oh, repeats. Yeah, said the same thing about Norman Reedus. Things the same people. thing about Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, Tom Cruise, I just want to punch. Sorry to 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 get off topic and then I'll get back to life. We're all off topic. Uh, We're never on topic. Did you know that Tom Cruise is not his real name? No, No. I want to think nothing of the man. No, that's not his real name. It's Tom. His his real name is Thomas Cruise. Well, I guess it's his first and middle name, but Thomas Cruise Mathe Math Mathether 
the fourth. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but basically, so you know, so they either in movies they either like to keep their like huge stars till the end, or if the star is like, okay, look, I can only be in like a scene for this movie. You gotta we gotta wrap this in about two days. They'll do that and they won't like and you'll know that the person dies early because they won't be on any of the press tours. Ryan Reynolds for this movie, he was on like all the press tours with Jake Gyllenhaal. So that's what made me believe that they were going to be the last two to survive. But nope. I think, uh, oh, back to your uh, comment, by the way, Alex. Yes, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, my favorite movie. This is my steelbook, Blu-ray, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, because it has all the drawings from Brian Lee O'Malley on it. It's my favorite comic series. It's my favorite movie. And it's got all the, the prints in there of all the Anybody seven evil exes. Right now, Alex is just, you know. I'm just saying, Scott Pilgrim's a great movie. I love it. It's so much fun. It's a great coming-of-age story for 20-year-olds, instead, uh, which is you don't see a lot of. I think I'm just tired. I think the fact that I was just tired of these coming-of-age movies. Because it's a lot of, like I've, I've said it before, I have not had an easy life. So my coming-of-to-age was very young. And at this point, I'm seeing all these people living on their own, having jobs, having coming of ages. It's like, hey, dude, you should have gotten your crap together a long time. Plus, I mean, uh, Scott Pilgrim is the is a coming of age story that sneak up sneaks up on you because on the surface you see it as this w- weird action comedy movie where there's a bunch of video game references and Michael Sarah is doing his Michael Sarah thing, and also everyone in it at the time. Movie was uh super wasn't like super famous yet like anna kendrick hadn't been in the twilight series yet or i think she was in the process of filming chris it. Evans was in that movie yeah chris evans hadn't been captain america yet like there was a lot of stars in that movie that hadn't blown up yet to like the person they are um today and so it's like i i love that movie i think it's good and the edit and like i mostly love it for the editing like um edgar wright is just an amazing director and i would love to learn how, um, some directing skills from Edgar Wright because the way he directs the film and uh, watching the behind the scenes of how they put that film together is really intriguing and I'm like this movie looks like it's made for maybe like 8 million and the reality is it's probably it was probably made for like 16 uh, but not in the bad way it doesn't look cheap it just looks so smooth and effortless that it doesn't feel like it's it, it took that many people and this many days of training and all this stunt work and, and all this stuff, you know, to make it happen. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Since we're obviously in quarantine right now and everything's on hold, including Hollywood, do you think that studios are looking at their movies right now and being like, hmm, this one looks like it might not do so well and might annoy audiences so we're just going to scrap it. We're just going to stick with the big budget box office movie. I don't I mean, think they will. No, I think so, because when there was a writer's strike uh, back in, I want to say 2007, Seven. everybody took a long look at what shows cost what and all that stuff, and a bunch of shows were cut. One including one of my favorites, Pushing Daisies. That mm-hmm. was such a good show. I was mad about Corey in the house, personally. Yeah, so a lot of those would... shows got cut. I would say for if we're talking shows, yes. If we're talking movies, no. 
because shows are a consistent investment, um, especially determining the, depending on like how many seasons you were planning on doing. So canceling a show is like, is essentially like cutting off a money pit. If it's like, okay, this show is not working. We're just going to cancel it because you're going to have to consistently pay for it. Movies are one and done. Like that money is spent and it's never coming back. So you got to make it, you got to make it back. That's why you get a lot of bad movies. That's, I'm sure the studio even knows it's bad, but they'll still put it out because it's like, it's better to make something off of it than just nothing. And I'm sure they'll just like either push it back or they'll do what some of these other um, uh, studios that can afford to do it are doing and just put it on VOD, like uh, video on demand and just let people watch it that way. And just yeah. like pay like, you know, a small fee of like, maybe even if they have to put it on sale for like 10 bucks, or even well, lower than that, you know, the they, they tried to do that. They tried to give out movies early, um, but they were charging like twenty bucks. They still made their money back. Trolls still came out to like I think like eight something million or whatever in its first Which weekend, and still making money. Pay twenty bucks for that. Which apparently, um, what's the name of the theater fact, chain? Let me look up Trolls World Tour uh, box there's, office. There's, there's, there's Regal. There's um, what's the name of the theater chain? Yeah, AMC, that's what I meant. Um, AMC, I go to that theater all the time. I don't know why. Um, but anyway, uh, AMC is apparently upset with um, DreamWorks, I think, distributes trolls. Um, because yeah, they they're, do. Yeah, because they're, I don't know the full story, but because they're showing this video on demand, but they're also technically showing it in theaters, like where they're available available to i don't know or something like that and they haven't been meeting the distribution quota, quota or something i don't know i might be making this up but i just heard on the news that amc is upset with dreamworks and they threaten to not work with them again in the future if they keep up this madness well i could see that because they're not in washington uh the theaters are not open but i do you believe in other states they're staying Atlanta it's open right now like um or not Atlanta but Georgia mm-hmm. in general they opened up to uh their theater like partially, yeah. yeah bowling out who needs a bowling anyway that's another bowling alleys are gross too cuz you're like rubbing that ball and everything exactly. everybody's hands has been on that like it's just oh and the bowling shoes you always mm-hmm. bring bowling shoes oh well the shoes are you know cuz most people wear socks um but uh, it's just the the hands that because that's where hand everybody touches everything. That's how that's how the COVID nineteen virus can definitely spread a lot sooner, is because a bunch of people are handling bowling balls or whatever the case may be. Yeah, you know, movie theaters same way. I'm sure they're not disinfecting every seat after I, every show. We weren't. Um, yeah. No, I was talking to some people about that there uh, at work. They were talking about when the th- movie theater opens up again. And they're like, oh, it'll probably be safe. You know, they do clean every, you know, after every showing. And I'm like, uh, and they're like, oh, they probably wipe stuff down. And I'm like, uh. They sweep. They don't wipe things down. I know they sweep. We swept. And so no, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying if someone was to say that to me, I would, that would be my answer. I'd be like, we, the people sweep. They don't wipe things down. No, I, I rolled my chair over and I was like, look, I worked in a movie theater for like two years. Don't do it. Don't go. Wait. <laughs> minimum. <laughs> Sometimes we crash under the seat when we didn't have enough time. And we only mop if someone spilled something or someone threw up or something like that. Somebody peed in that theater and we only used paper towels to wipe it up. 
I mean, I wouldn't have. I must not have been working that day because I would have won. No, that is a crazy story. Um, oh, well, save that for the Tales of the Ocean yeah. too. You, Nobody who was involved in that story works there anymore. So <laughs> I, could, I could say things. Not good uh, things about them. Was, but if, if there weren't regulations before, I feel bad for, like, any movie usher, like, anywhere. Because after this, they're going to have serious, strict regulations on cleanliness and procedures and all that stuff going forward in movie theaters whenever they eventually open. Yeah, because you also have to think about it too. What happens after you eat popcorn? You you lick your fingers to get that mm-hmm. little salt. Even just like going like this and then you put your hand on that armrest and then you stick your hand back in the popcorn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think they'll in places like that where you don't think about it, they'll have to instruct something a little more strict, strict, something stricter. Um, just by even yeah, wiping down the seats would be beneficial for everything. I can't yeah. find the trolls box office, but I know they made a lot of videos. You were still looking. Oh, I'm still they? looking. They and made like, a lot. They did like it. I I know they projected that if at least like a. a good chunk of the people pay that $20 uh, price point, they could easily make off one weekend $50 million. They're not doing that anymore. It's really funny. That's what I was trying, uh, going to earlier. They did originally put stuff out for 20 but I guess they weren't getting the revenue they had wanted or thought they would get. So they actually cut it down to like six, uh, $10. Some of them are even just a normal like $3. Now. It depends on the movie too because Invisible Man's still 20 right now. Not on my thing. On YouTube and video on demand, it's uh, like oh. on cable, it's 20 bucks. Oh, um, I have like Prime movies. Oh, I should check on Prime Video, but we'll see. Yeah, it's on there, just early edition. Um, you know, I mean, hey, you know, to each their own. I understand if people need to, uh, the studios need to put their movies out on video on demand to make their return back because that's a lot of work and stuff, you know, because I think. You know, when people think of like movies failing, it's not, it's like the reason they push for the movies to make a bunch of money isn't so much to pay people as far as like paying the actors and stuff like that. Because for most of the time, they're already on contract that they've already been paid, like after their last shoot day was or whatever, unless in their contract, it specifically says you don't get paid until this movie makes money. And normally that's reserved for like, independent films and stuff like that where it's like the budget had to be lower so they're like we're, there's no guarantee that we can give you like let's say a hundred dollars a day but what we can do is we can give you such and such percentage of the total gross or such and such percentage of like this after um paying back the movie or whatever the you know the agreement is yeah um, you know because there's a thousand different contracts for everything but nonetheless uh, most of the time like as far as the big studios, for them, it's just the money, they're just getting back money to cover making the film in the first place. Because after they pay everybody else, it's like, now all we've got to do is pay for the movie we made and then some, and that's how you make a return. So even if the movie is bad, I'm sure they'll just be like, we got to put it out. Like it's already filmed. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> I, yeah, I could see that. I don't know. You're right about like the contracts always being different. Um, so I think it really just comes down to that. Um, what they said, they may have been like, eh, we might cut this film early. And if they tell that ahead of time, it can uh, be released from like paying 
well, not paying the actors, but continuing to have to pay them. Now, I think what is messing them up, though, uh, you know, in the regards of movies is that because of this COVID-19 thing, they've had to put a lot of movies on hold. And so because of that, I'm sure it's messed up their budgets going forward into the next couple of years because I'm sure they had everything planned out for 2020 for everything they were going to film. They didn't anticipate having to stop filming any movies that uh, required them to like, that was weather-based. Like if they were like, oh, we're going to record, we're going to film in the spring. It's going to look great. Can't film in the spring. And God forbid if, you know, we reopen in a time or if they can't get that set up in enough time where the season still looks like it could be spring, they might have to like postpone filming till next spring. You know, so there's a lot of factors depending on what, what the project is. And Did also, you have me watch Frozen 2? Bits I, and I pieces. Frozen I haven't watched the I whole movie. I watched it. I didn't like it as much. Uh, everyone seemed to like Frozen 2 better than Frozen 1. Like all the I, diehard fans. I haven't but seen I it. I want to watch it, but I want to know if it's worth watching. I like the first one better, but I might be biased because I watched the first one I, right before I watched the second one, and the first one was just, like, stunning for me, so. I will say, I saw the first one, actually, with my sister, and we were like, ah, sister. <laughs> um, so that does have a special meaning to me. For me, it's like, I, I say bits and pieces because I, uh, when we had it at the theater, I would pop in and out just to watch it. Um, I think the songs are a little better uh, structurally. Um, because outside, like, uh, but they're not as catchy. Like, they're just better. Like, that's just my own aesthetic thing. I don't think they're as catchy, though, as, like, do you want to build a snowman or let it go? Um, but, uh, and there's less trolls, which is a plus um, in my book. There's less trolls? There's less of the little rock trolls. Oh. Um, but uh, I think my issue with it is that uh, there's, it doesn't seem to really be any nuance with any of the characters outside of Elsa in the second one. Elsa grows and becomes like, you know, gets to a new level. Um, the rest of the characters kind of stay flat because Anna's Whoa. whole thing, the whole movie is, Elsa, we need to be together. And Elsa, you could feel, and I don't know, for me personally, I was just like, I was just waiting for the scene where Elsa's gonna be like, look, you got a man. Can you leave me alone, please? You got you got someplace to be, go, go somewhere. Look, I'm last time she was about her sister, were- she like literally, plunged a whole kingdom into <laughs> so I'm just like, saying I could see why Anna's like you need to stay right here because you're gonna go to destroy not our kingdom only but now wherever we are in this forest but that's not why forest. she wants to go with her she just wants to go with her because she doesn't want to be away from her sister she doesn't think she's a danger if anything she thinks she's like she's like no you can handle it but you know we we need to do this together and I'm sure Elsa like should just like Elsa just Elsa you but know Elsa what is? is also respectfully she's emotional you know what it is? I, I, she's still having a hard time controlling those, huh? No, no. And then the second movie, she's fine. In the second movie, she's just trying to, like, she finds out about, like, she's getting called to the magical forest is her quest in the second movie. But in the second movie, her powers are fine. She, they're not out of control. What somebody messed up told me about um, the, froze, the first Frozen movie when, oh, what's his name? Not Kristoff. The uh-huh. Earl? Hans? Hans. Was that um, his name, Hans? Yeah, Hans. Sure his name's Hans. Yeah, because it was Christopher Hans who was doing that thing. Uh, Hans, when they lock Elsa in the dungeon at, mm-hmm. during the middle of the movie, um, nobody knew about her powers whatsoever. But yet there were special cuffs on there 
just to hold onto her hands. No, they that, did because she like lashed no, out in the yeah. early part of the movie with the ice powers. So at that point, everyone had known she had ice powers, or at least the kid, the people who were there, at the, I guess, at that party knew she had ice powers. So the, the royalty knew, but not the, like right. the common folk. But they weren't still aware. Of, they somehow were still not aware of it because Hans was able to discover it and then call her out later. Like, it made it almost appear by the mid-movie that, like, nobody knew it was still Elsa or this or that. But the cuffs there that were specially made for her, because they didn't know how her powers were controlled either. They could have just been normal powers. It wasn't basically based off her hands. Uh, the cuffs were there. So that means somebody had to make them for her. So everybody's like, oh, uh, her parents actually made them. In case Elsa became a danger, there was a way to hold her. I mean, the second movie doesn't confirm that. The second movie, they just... Uh... Yeah, they, they dive a little bit into the parents, but not too much. They're good with the parents and then dying and then them being kind of crappy parents. So you're going to lock your kid in the room like that. <laughs> she did that thing. But Frozen 2, you, would you recommend me watching? Um, I, For me personally, I would say, honestly, it, I agree with Jonathan. It's not better than Frozen 1. I think for me personally, I felt like it was the same problems that um, people, some people have with Star Wars in that uh with more specifically john boyega's character who's reduced to a dude who just can't take a hint that this white girl don't want to date no black man <laughs> and just keeps coming around and she just doesn't have the heart to tell him i don't date black guys okay leave me alone i am trying to save the galaxy we are a time to deal with you and it's the same thing with elsa and anna elsa elsa just doesn't have the heart to tell anna leave me alone be with your boyfriend enjoy this snowman Go away. <laughs> that was an interesting connection. I'm just saying. And I think you have something personal you need to work on. <laughs> um, kind of going back to the thing of movies are having to shuffle, like how they're released. The Lovebirds which is a movie that I've oh, talked about. Oh, it's going to Netflix. Yeah. It's going to be on Netflix May 22nd. And I think we should do an episode about it. Just throwing that out there. It looks bad. And I love Issa Rae and Kamal Ninjani. Hey, this looks like a waste of their talent. I'm going to be honest. I could I be surprised. I could be I, thoroughly surprised. But I I'm think it saying. looks fun because they're both funny. So I think it's going to be fun and funny. Uh, I'm trying to read what it's about. It's this couple, and they like accidentally murder somebody or something. No, I oh, I remember seeing that preview. Of the they're like happened. right, yeah. There was like somebody, the person in their taxi, uh, killed somebody, and then when the other people, when some like people came out of the building, they're like, "It's you, you're the murderers." Mm-hmm. And they were like, "We are," and they're kind of on the run, which doesn't make sense. You could easily explain that you weren't the killer. No, the the person, yeah, a guy comes into their car and he's like, I'm a cop. And then he runs over somebody and then leaves. And they stay at the scene. So the person who did it is like long gone. So they're like, we don't have any proof that anybody else was in this car that ran this person over. We're two people. The car is registered to one of them. I assume Kamal and Johnny's character. So it's like, on paper, you're at least suspects, if not guilty. I assume anyway. Probably. Um, but no, it just it just doesn't look uh, to me personally. I, I only laughed maybe one or two times during the trailer. 
and uh, I was like, eh, it looks a little, look, looks a little, looks a little cheesy, looks a little light. But you light know, on the comedy. I'm, ex- I'm just excited about like, I'm well, they're both funny, like I mentioned. Yeah, they're both funny. Um, they're both very. And it's funny. also interesting. It's also interesting to see, like, you know, um, the the race relation dynamic, like a Pakistani man and like a dark skinned black woman on screen together in a relationship. Like, when have you ever seen that? So. <laughs> that is true. I'll give you that. There is often a rapport of like one or the other with a white person. Mm-hmm. So, Showing other various... races. Like normally you see, you'll see more often a black person with a Hispanic or Latino person than you will someone of uh, Indian descent or Pakistani descent. That's true too. Usually Dominican. Yeah, sometimes Dominican. But yeah, I get what you're saying, Jonathan, seeing that new type of interracial couple is mm-hmm. is int- which is always interesting when you see that in different movies they're like oh they put this very what feels like almost an opposite person but then right. but then they go into the relationship and they're just annoyingly the same <laughs> exactly i feel like that's going to be like that they're going to have uh moments where they're both equally stupid so i wonder if they're going to have a scene with uh kamal and johnny taking a shirt off and the only reason i say that is because I remember to it and you're gonna pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, whatever makes you happy, Jerome. I remember um, it was news for a while when Kamal he got, Johnny yeah, got, got yoked up to be in that Marvel movie. But, so, but maybe you can tell that he's real fit. It. You can tell he's really fit in the trailer, like he's, uh, like he's been working out. So I wonder if Kamal and Johnny is gonna be that comedian who's like, "All right, I look good. Time to take advantage, and any chance I get, take the shirt off." <laughs> Did you say yoked up? Yeah, yoked up. You haven't heard that? I've never heard that. Jonathan's heard that. Right, Jonathan? That's that's part of the black community. Come on, you've heard that. <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't think it's part of the black vocabulary, but I, Look I, it up in the urban dictionary. It's in there. <laughs> maybe like it's definitely part of like the bro vocabulary. <laughs> maybe but it's I'm like sorry. black community south. Oh. You know, maybe. I know I've heard it before, but nonetheless, uh, it's, um, I, uh, yeah. I think any dude we'll named Chad who goes to the gym four <laughs> times a week knows what the word yo No, they means. don't say yo. They say, they just say they're trying to get they the gains in. You know, the gains. <laughs> it's all about the gains. Gains everything. Yeah, I don't think of black, Drew. I think you're speaking bro. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going I'm to look this up. Well, how are you going go? to go? Is Gaines black or bro? Gaines is universal. Gaines is bro bro code. I don't think Gaines or Yoke has a race on it. I don't. He seems to think so. Hold up. How do you like search for that? Is it yoked up? Urban Dictionary. Here we go. No, I got what you were saying. I understand. Um, I'm just saying. I want to see if there's an ethnicity tied to this in the hair. And nope, nope, nope. Like in the dictionary, it just has in the urban dictionary. It might. (laughs) I realize because you know how you look up your name. Uh, So my name is literally considered just a male equivalent to Alexander, and my last name Andrade is uh, when you go through translation and go back. It's basically the son of Andres or Anders. So my name, going by definition, by like definitions, would be. 
male, female version of Alexander, son of Andreas. I'm like, that's a weird version of my name. <laughs> but technically, it is accurate. But, you know, I'm just thinking about, like, all the, like, Chris Pratt got fit for Guardians of the Galaxy, and then all of a sudden, every movie Chris Pratt's in, he's got to, like, either be shirtless or nearly shirtless. And it's just like, I get it. I see. You know, you were you were heavy for a while. You want to show off the guns. You know, you want to take advantage for a little bit. He wasn't just heavy. He was, like, unhealthy. What's up with that? Like, the funny comedian guys doing sitcoms and being, like, comedically, like, you know, chubby or whatever, and then going on to like an action movie and just like you want to try, try something different. And I'm sure it's like it's one of those things because uh, I know for I don't know for Marvel, but I know for DC, for example, it's in their contract. Like if you get hired to be in a DC movie, you have to work out. That's in your contract to do that. Is they will do you schedule think they you hire them in the first place? Go- do you think they hire them in the first place because of their comedic timing and comedic skills? And they just want to add that to that because they could get any like action star off the street. Well, I know for Chris Pratt specifically, he said that when he got hired to um, be in Guardians of the Galaxy, he personally wanted to get fit because he felt like I'm going to be playing a superhero. I mean, more or less. It's not a. It's not really your traditional superhero movie, but it's part of a superhero universe. So for him, he felt like, I want to be fit. You know, I want to look like the character and be in shape. But um, you know, in one of the meetings, Disney's was like, hey, look, <laughs> if you're going to be a part of this movie, <laughs> we're going to give you this membership, this personal trainer. It's up to oh, you. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they probably were like, we're going to give you a personal trainer and stuff. But I mean, you know, because like, for example, like, because for Marvel, it's not so much you have to get super buff. Like DC, you had to get buff. Like they, they wanted Batman to look enormous. They want Superman to look enormous. Um, they want Gal Gadot to look lean. Like they, they want them all to look muscular versus marvel like they don't mind having ray ray uh ray stevens who is fit looking like a fat guy because in the comics volstag in thor um one of the thor supporting characters is a fat guy so they don't mind because it's like he looks like the character so i think for them it's like we don't care if you look like the character um as long as you look like the character that's all we really care about and you have good comedic timing and acting presence and all that stuff. And then, but I'm sure Chris Pratt and then Chris Evans and so many others deciding to be fit led to others falling behind them, like Paul Rudd and Kamal Ninjani, to be like, you know what? They're getting fit. We should get fit. I'm just saying, we all got to be in the universe together. We're all supposed to be superheroes, right? We should probably get a little bit of abs, you know? I mean, no, we don't, get, we don't gotta get Chris like, Evans size. I think Disney was like, I'm just saying, y'all should <laughs> probably saying. get some abs. I'm just, I mean, cause... Think about Disney, like none of their people are unattractive. So <laughs> you gotta fix that up a I'm little bit. I'm just saying, cause Robert Downey Jr. was fit for the first couple of movies. And then once he started just doing Avenger stuff, you ain't never seen um, Tony Stark when, with not covered up with a jacket or a shirt. like. He's not fat, mind you, but he's not like the size of like a Thor or Chris Evans. Like him, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans are on a whole different level than Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Downey Jr. is even on a better level than someone like Don Cheadle, who's 
healthy. He's not, uh, like, at least I don't think he has abs. John, he's a Michael guy. Roker. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Michael Rooker too. Yeah, Michael Rooker is not super fit, but he's But you gotta realize that all the people you mentioned are like above the age of 50. That's true too. That's no excuse. Tom Cruise still has abs at 50. That's no excuse at all. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he doesn't. So yes, he does. What do you mean? I'm not googling Tom Cruise naked. I don't want to see anything. (laughs) Sylvester's like five. Sylvester Stallone too. Sylvester Stallone got abs. That man in his 60s. That's not an excuse anymore. You can But do- are Tom Cruise and Sylvester Stallone a part of the Disney Marvel franchise? Sylvester Stallone is. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Oh. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't a major part. <laughs> I didn't even know he was in the Oh yeah, he was. I remember him now. Yeah. He has a very he's a bit part. He's not really a, a big part of the movie. Um I'm just saying, I, I could see it both ways. I could definitely see Disney putting pressure on them and putting it in their contract to be like, hey, work out. If you're going to be in our movie, you got to at least work out. You, you don't necessarily have to get as big as Chris Evans, but you got to be fit enough to run at least three miles. At least three. If you can do that, um, all right. we're good. <laughs> Brightburn, that's just we're, another we're terrible movie. Time. We're almost at Brightburn, that's a... I still never got to see Brightburn fully. It- but it's I heard it was disappointing. It's I heard it was disappointing. It's just the sun gets kind of bitchy. And you can't tell if it's puberty or something is wrong with him. <laughs> well, I my biggest thing, because I was so excited to see it, because I love the idea of it being like, what if Superman, um, as a kid, was bad? Because the Superman tale is just that he's always been good, no matter what, ever since he landed on the planet. And so I liked the idea of it being like, this would probably, this would be actually a really interesting horror movie if it went the opposite way. That it's like this alien comes down from space from an unknown planet and has all these powers and he immediately becomes a bad guy. Um, and it just, and from all the reviews and stuff I was reading, it sounded like it just, it didn't get further than the concept with the script of like, it's evil Superman. Okay, but are you gonna do anything fun and interesting? That wasn't really the problem with it. The problem was that, that it was so slow because he was just, you know, readily getting more angry and angry. But it, at the same time, it's like, okay, we get it. He's turning into a bad person. Like, let him start discovering. He doesn't discover his like powers until like almost the last like half an hour to 45 minutes of the movie. And that's the issue. <laughs> Where it's just, you really just see him getting moodier and like once in a while he'll discover a power where it's like his skin won't break on the lo- on the blades of the mower. And he's now just like poking himself with like random shit. Mm. It's like weird. So <laughs> I think that's where it came up where it tried to show you like him discovering his powers one at a time, but really it just slowed things down so much. That was one of the movies I kind of skipped a good chunk in after a while to see if I could get closer to like Okay, they tell him the truth. Hey, you're an alien. We just found you in the dirt. But and on that one. note, um, to round up the discussion, because I think we're like past time at this point, but we uh, talked about a lot. Yes, I, we did. I think I'm gonna have to give this a different title when I like put this on Podbean of like uh, you can do just a mystery jar. Mystery jar. Mystery jar movie discussion. Slash <laughs> random. We're just adding time, guys. We went, we went so down so many paths. I don't even know where we are anymore. <laughs> anyway, with that. With that, 
Um, thank you for joining us today. We will see you all next time. What is everybody's social media handles? Alex, you can go first. I am living my okayest life on Instagram. I mainly, mainly spend time there um, with pictures of my cat and food. <laughs> Jerome, how about you? Uh, you can find me at not Jerome Rett on Instagram. I don't post a lot, so you don't expect too much from me. But, you know, you might see some stuff every now and again. <laughs> hey, who knows? <laughs> um, and if you made it to the end of this podcast, congratulations. My name is Jonathan Keith. My <laughs> at is... <laughs> let, let Jonathan have his moment. Continue, Jonathan. I'm oh, sorry, at, it just made me laugh. My at is Jonathan Keys. You can find us at Behind the Usher Station on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Usher Station Pod on t Twitter, Behind the Usher Station on Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. You can email us, BehindTheUsherStation at gmail.com. Um, and for now... We hope you have a great day, morning, night, whenever you're watching this. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Bye. Wash your hands. Social <laughs> distance. Doop, doop, doop.